Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Megan Miller, I am so excited to be talking to you today. Thank you very, very much for coming on and taking the time to be on Love on the Go. This is going to be like girl chat. This yeah, is, it is exactly what it's going to be like. It's not even like a podcast. That's right. And um, um, before we jumped on, Megan and I were talking hair and eyelash extensions. And Let's just catch up and let other people care. Yeah, we'll let them listen to us. <laughs> let everybody just listen in on our catch up. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so here's what I want to catch up on you. I know that you're really going through a hard time right now with your son. Mm-hmm. And can you share? So I'm just jumping right in. Tell me how he is. Maybe give a little bit of background. Yeah. So for those, yeah, for those listening, um, nine months ago, going on ten months, our world got kind of flipped upside down. Um, our three-year-old son, um, who some know as Foodie Baby uh, CLT, he's our local uh, Charlotte foodie, um, <laughs> was diagnosed with T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma, um, and we caught it fairly early on because it was it was a physical sign. We saw a lump on his neck. Um, you know, we just kind of, as every other parent thought, you know, lymphatic system, that's where your immune is defending itself. He probably has a cold. He just started school. There's germs everywhere. Um, treated it with antibiotics, um, continually kind of went down in the beginning, you know, nothing else with him, you know, just regular kid going to school, doing the thing. Um, but it kept getting larger and larger. You know, I am all in favor of modern medicine, but, you know, eventually after so many antibiotic trials, you're like, okay, like we're not getting anywhere. I'm not going to keep putting him on this. Um, Let's kind of dig deeper. Um, So we were recommended to go get a biopsy, um, which as a parent, I thought that was going to be like the hardest thing I'd ever have to go through in my life. You know, having to go through a biopsy, I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be difficult. And um, you know, about a week later, uh, we had gotten the call that the biopsy showed signs of lymphoma, and we had to literally pack our bags and go to the hospital that evening. Um, and, you know, as a parent, I, I, I don't even think when I heard lymphoma, I thought cancer, you know, the doctors are so good at using very technical terms not to scare. Um, so it's like, cool, lymphoma, no big deal. Like, and then as we got in, we're like, okay, that's cancer. Okay. We're in stage, you know, three, you know, okay. Like by the time you get in, you're in surgery, you're in testing. I mean, he's starting chemo in like three days. So there's um, no processing of that, but um, you know, we had some incredible angels with us. Claire's army is um, this amazing organization in Charlotte that takes care of the whole family. You know, they gave Aww. a package. We got food delivered to our room. I had never been so excited about Febreze or a rug for our bathroom and a brush for our dishes than uh, when we received them because those are not things you think you're going to need when you're packing your, uh, you know, your bug out bag for the hospital. Um, But Luke was, he's been incredible. I mean, you know, cancer is no easy feat and by no means do I want to um, make it sound like, 
it's a trip in the park, but it, in order to inspire it and give hope for people that are either going through it now or find themselves coming head to head with this disease, you know, he, his body was very strong going into this. Um, similar to what we were seeing with COVID, healthy bodies, healthy athletes getting mm -hmm. sick. You know, Luke is a healthy kid. Um, you know, doctor's appointments were always exciting for us and fun. Um, and his body just, you know, the medicine went in and his body went to war. And within, you know, four months we were in remission. Um, and remission basically just means that there's no cancer present in the body, but we do have to continue the treatments to, um, you know, make sure it doesn't come back. Um, so, you know, nine to 10 months in we're we're doing good. We just started on maintenance. So the treatments go down, but, um, as you know, uh, the literal week that he was diagnosed, I started my own company mm -hmm. and, uh, my husband got a promotion at work. Right. So we had to have this, uh, pretty intense marital talk in the hospital. Like, okay, these are two huge life changes. You just left your nine to five. I'm going to be working more hours. I'm going to be traveling more. Like, what do we do? Right. Um, and in any marriage, you try to find, you know, a, a give and a take and a way to come together and make it work. But it was very, you know, very adamant to me that, you know, I would have to take on a majority of the caretaking roles, having the flexibility of owning my own company. Um, so a little bit of a blessing in disguise, um, you know, be able to have that flexibility. Um, and Brent, you know, anytime he's in town, he's, he's taking you know, the appointments that he can, and we're making sure we're, we're both there for the big ones, um, surgery, spinal taps, um, but it's been a challenge, you know, it's, it's definitely been a, a fight for time, and, uh, you know, making sure that Luke is taken care of, but also the caretakers are being taken care of. Yeah, that's a really big part of it, and sometimes I know that it's hard to pay attention to your marriage when you're so concerned about a child. Like the right. marriage sort of goes on the back burner. So what, so what have you been doing? Do you, do you do date nights? Do you like, how do you carve that out? How do you make each other feel special when sometimes people feel like they don't even deserve to be feeling that right. way? Oh my gosh. Um, well, we didn't, you know, to be very mm -hmm. transparent, we didn't make that time. Um, and people ask, you know, how did this affect it? And mm -hmm. it, there is no gray. It is, you know, white or black, you know, we, we went and, uh, you know, it can either hurt your marriage or help it. And, um, you know, Brent and I, from the beginning, communication has always been a huge, a huge supporting network with us. And, uh, you know, we kind of lost it for a little bit there, you know, as early parents do. Um, but when it came to this diagnosis, we immediately went back to our roots. You know, it was constant communication, constant checking in with each other, knowing we're both going through it together, but dealing with it in different ways. Um, we're now just starting to get date nights back again. Um, to be very honest, it's, you know, we, we enjoy time together at the house and, 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 you know, we are just now starting to kind of prioritize those, but we, we don't really need to be away from the home to have that connection. Yeah. Um, it can be, you know, things like making meals together. Luke loves cooking, um, mm -hmm. very active cooker. So, you know, Luke and I make meals, Brent makes a side, um, and doing things together and, and checking in and, and making sure that we feel, heard, um, which kind of seems a little silly, but it's a big component of like, Hey, today's not a good day. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to make the best of it, but I just need you to know. Right. And, and you need to go back to that initial respect that you have for your partner where it's easy when you're in crisis mode to be snappy 
and to oh, yeah. just assume the other person knows what you're thinking or to get aggravated when something isn't going well and take it out on your partner. Right. And that is I mean, so hard to do. SAS is a, a foundation of our relationship. I feel, uh, you know, if it wasn't for SAS and uh, some right. snappiness, it would be boring. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, it's it's understanding that. And again, we made this decision earlier where I said, you know, you do what you need to do um, and I'll do what I need to do. And at the end of the day, it's we do it together. Um, and that's the big thing through all this. And take us back, because I know that you also had a long distance relationship with yeah with Brent, right so yeah, this is so, probably uh, we'll be coming okay. up on 11 years july 16th uh, is our wedding anniversary and nice. what i kind of made i kind of dropped a couple bombs at the beginning where um i said you know communication was a huge uh, focal point because that's all we had when we were in college you know iowa to florida we did long distance we met in dallas texas uh, mm -hmm. in college text messages costed 30 cents a text uh, our parents were paying for it. So we weren't texting. We were emailing through our uh, school accounts. Mm. Um, you know, our parents, you know, I was sending him care packages and we did letters. And, um, you know, I think Logitech came out with the first um, webcam maybe yeah. years into our, you know, and that was like a game changer. But it's still kind of, you know, we kind of realized that where we were in our lives during that time, long distance was the best solution for us because we didn't really webcam a lot. Because, um, right. you know, he played college basketball and I was very involved in our business competition team. Um, I was very social. I was singing for the opera company. So like, we didn't really have time for each other, but the long distance relationship allowed us to have this, uh, you know, physical or non-physical connection, uh, but it, far away. So that summer he came to Florida after we graduated. Um, he moved into my apartment, but my roommate quickly kicked him out um, when he overstayed his welcome. <laughs> so we had to live with my parents for two months, um, which was hilarious because um, that was definitely, we had to sleep in separate rooms and, you know, he had to go on a parent's will and he didn't really know my parents very well. Um, but he had proposed that summer when he was in college and uh, we moved to Minneapolis shortly after that and planned a wedding a year later. I love that story. And, you know, a lot of times I think people disregard their college relationships thinking, oh, well, this is just this period of time in my life. I still have so many things I want to go and do and conquer. And they'll come into my office or I'll be on a Zoom call with them and they'll tell me that was their best relationship ever. And they yeah. wish they could have gone back to it. So how did you know that that early relationship was the one? Yeah, um, for me, I think it was the um, seeing a person that had who was responsible and mature at that age um i felt like i had like everybody does you kind of go through the weeds to find the rose um and you know at that point in my life um in college you know i had really flipped a switch that year um you know prior to that you know i was being very social um academics were awesome but they weren't my priority um it wasn't until i had started um which was at that time students in free enterprise which is now a noctis business competition team I started seeing like real world, you know, situations. And that was the time when I had switched my major from uh, voice performance opera to business marketing. Cause I was like, all right, I need to get pretty serious here with what I'm gonna go for, which also meant I needed a serious relationship. And, and I am a very relationship driven person. Um, you know, in my past, I've had some codependency, you know, issues that I've gone through. And I just, I've, I thrive when I'm in a partnership and, um, or a friendship or anything. That's kind of just where I thrive. And so when I had met him, 
he was unlike anyone I had met before and he had goals and ambitions and he Mm -hmm. was smart and he he knew what he wanted to do but at the same time he had this innocence to him that was you know I also want to have fun and you know I'm at this point in my life where I really want to experience it all but at the same time I know what I want where I want to end and that to me is very comforting because a lot of people during that time I'd gone through where it was they didn't care about the future it was all YOLO before that was even a buzzword you know and everyone in Florida was just living for the moment and for the time and and to to talk to someone that had a plan and and I felt secure and you know at that point I really I really wanted to blossom in my career and, and Florida just didn't have a ton of opportunities at the time. You know, I was the graduating class during the recession. Um, mm-hmm. Minneapolis had a ton of opportunities. So I was like, let's go. Like, why not? I've never jumped into anything before uh, without prior to experience. So it was exciting for me. I can't say my parents would say the same. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I think that two months was definitely nice for them to kind of get to know the person that was going to take their daughter away. Yeah. And I remember meeting your mom at your baby shower. Yes. And, and they live coming. here now. They live here. They just moved here about six oh. months ago. So very nice. That's so wonderful. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, your opera singing. Yes. Tell us more about that. You're, that's so fascinating to me. Singing was a, uh, an outlet for me. Um, mm-hmm. Never really thought I was good at it. Um, I just kind of enjoyed doing it. And when I was going into middle school, you know, I was going through a really hard time in my adolescence and I was getting bullied a lot. And I was really mm-hmm. going through a difficult time you know, with the group at school. And, you know, I told my mom, like, I really, I can't go to that middle school with them. I, there's no way I'd survive. Like I can barely get through fifth grade. And so she was like, all right, well, let's, there's a performing arts middle school, let's audition. And I had auditioned for dance and flute and all the things I thought I was good at. And um, I didn't think I could sing. And, uh, but I had an opportunity to get in for one more thing. So I was like, I just want to get out of this schooling district. I want to go to a, you know, a magnet program. And so I had sang for my audition and, and I got in for singing and I was like, you guys are deaf. Like I'm not <laughs> a good singer. Like I was cast as the tree in the play. I wasn't a lead. Like, um, but what they had saw in me was something I didn't see in myself. And that was potential. Um, and I was teachable and I was coachable. Um, you know, I wasn't the kid that thought they were going to go on American Idol, that had the talent, that, you know, had the confidence. I was somebody that they could mold and teach and train. Um, so I went down this classical route all through middle school and high school. And um, when I got into high school, I got really passionate about singing um, and really mastered my art form. Um, and I went to Palm Beach Atlantic University on a full ride for voice performance. Wow. Um, and I was so excited to get in and sing. And, and that was when I learned about opera my voice coach that they assigned me to um which was the dean of the university's wife um was like a metropolitan grammy award-winning soprano and she was incredible and she's started getting me into opera arias and you know i'd never seen an opera in my life and, and my grandparents worked in the theater my grandmother was a rockette um and oh, my wow. father uh won a tony award for carpentry in, in lincoln center so i had an art background but never really opera um and so learning the art form you know I started singing opera before I'd ever seen it um and it was such a merriment of all the things I loved 
dressing up, makeup, costumes, wigs, singing, lighting, acting, opera's everything. It's, it's all the elements of theater and voice performance that to me was very driving. And um, so I quickly immersed myself in opera workshop. I did it every semester. Um, I auditioned for Palm Beach Opera Company resident artist program. I got in as at the time was one of the youngest um, residents there. And uh, actually to this day, the only younger one than me was actually my voice teacher's daughter, uh, Virginia Mintz, who's now in Greece and Italy doing incredible things. So, um, if my record was ever going to get beat, she would definitely be the one to do it. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I really got immersed in the art form and really saw what it was all about, um, which also brought me kind of to earth a little bit with, I need some kind of stability in my life. I need to have another skill set other than just singing. Um, and I remember telling my dad, you know, I'm going to get a degree in, in marketing. My dad was like, well, why? And I said, well, you know, I can sing opera. It'd be really cool if I could get more people to go to opera and marketing. Maybe one day I could help, you know, market opera and I could do something. My dad's like, okay, well, that's a pretty long stretch, very niche goal. Um, and I said, well, who knows if anything, I'll just, you know, do marketing for an animal shelter or something. Right. And, you know, fast forward five years later and I became the marketing director for Opera Carolina. And I remember calling my dad. I'm like, I probably should have bet some money on uh, that career choice because here I am living my dream job. You literally manifested that for yourself. Yeah. Yep. It was incredible. And that's when I met you. And that's when you told me about your, one of your other dreams um, when you created the, the, for fashion week in New York city, the beauty, yeah. the playbills to make dresses. And then yeah, I went the to first, a fashion show here for it. I was the first like, thing what? I did when I got into that job was my predecessor was like, all right, you need to throw out all these, um, all these brochures, you know, they're in your desk and stacked. And that was the year they did their incredible, um, booklet brochure. And, you know, all the art, everything we do, you know, with Opera, you know, Opera Carolina, Charlotte Symphony, the ballet, we, it's art. All of our brochures and postcards are pieces of art. They're graphically designed. They're incredible. I was like, there's got to be a different way to like, I don't want to throw this all away. So I actually have a background in environmentalism um, and recycling advocacy. Um, of course you do. And being in, yeah, I was in uh, the Jupiter uh, High School Environmental Research and Field Studies Academy. And uh, I called my girlfriend and I knew she did recyclable uh, fashions. And I'm like, I have this idea. I know you do some recycling designs. Like, could you do something with this? And uh, she did. And that sparked the fire in Charlotte. And I met other designers that also did recyclable fashion. I'm like, I didn't know this was a thing. Like, of course it's a thing, but I didn't know it was a thing. Um, you know, so we did that and we've gone to New York Fashion Week twice. We went to Paris Fashion Week. Um, I've kind of taken a two-year hiatus on the pro, uh, project. I don't, it's not the end of it, but, uh, you know, I'm slowly having some conversations with people and businesses about bringing it back up again. But it was just really cool looking back and how, you know, you're able to find things that you've done in the past that come to fruition now. Mm -hmm. Never did I think I would bring my environmentalism background to some type of career and in my opera career, my marketing career. And, you know, even with Luke and his, you know, his battle with um, lymphoma, you know, a year prior to that, I did a marketing project with um, the P National Pediatric Cancer Foundation in uh, Tampa. 
And we wow. did a fashion project with them um, through Opera Cycles, where we created fashions for the children. And, you know, I've reached out to them. They were the first people I reached out to after Luke got diagnosed. And I'm like, so had no idea how much this organization would mean to me until now. Mm. And so the universe is, puts a lot of my pieces in this puzzle. It's, it's incredible. And it's funny because the same thing has happened to me in my lifetime. Like every yep. single thing that I've ever been interested in culminated in what I'm doing today as a matchmaker from wanting to be a writer, a director, a photographer in PR, um, majoring a minor in theater. I was like, you know, learning how to be on TV, all, every single thing. And it really, to me, it really shows that, that we're on the right path. Like we're going along and then there's going to be stuff that happens that we're going to have to deal with called life. And then, you know, how do we handle it and how do we handle our relationships? And it sounds like you're doing a beautiful job of maintaining all of that yeah it's you know it's just one of those things when you know we talk about utilizing all things that we've been given um Mm -hmm. and how do we put things together and how do we connect everything and you know people talk about collaboration over competition and starting businesses and I feel every time I meet someone or work with someone there's always something more. And it may not be at that moment. Even when we met, we had met over a mutual friend who had done a project who just by chance was like, you should meet Megan. You would like, and we had chicken salad and just kind of talked about life. And before Mm -hmm. I know it, you're at my baby shower. We're having (laughs) regular lunches. You know, I'm going to your house and helping your book. Like, you know, people and things and opportunities get put into your life. And I feel it's a waste if you don't use it. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're given these gifts and these talents and these, you know, passion projects and ideas. And I I think it's just such, it's such a waste to not jump on it. Cause I mean, for every, all the things that we've talked about that are amazing that I've done, there's a pile of failures that equally ranges in height. Um, But I haven't let them die. And I tell a lot of my clients, just because something didn't work, doesn't mean you have to consider it a failure. I think it's important to rebuild and, you know, break back, break things down back to the foundation, you know, remodel the house, remodel the plan and, and really look at what did we miss and, and how can we fix those voids with, you know, bringing in new things? Um, Cause you know, I don't think there's any bad ideas. There's just bad execution. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. And it leads me to asking you when, when a challenge does come up in your personal life or in your, your business life, and especially kind of the balancing of it all, how, how do you go about that? How do you figure out what the priority is around it? I think Martin Luther King Jr. said it best. When you look at a staircase, just take it one step at a time and don't look at the entire climb because, you know, I, that, that's just what it is. When you, when I, when people ask me how I do it all and I think about it, I get anxiety. You know, I get like, okay, this is a lot. There's a lot of balls in the air. There's a lot of things going on. But when I sit down and say, okay, what's due tomorrow? What, what's active this week? What needs to be done to get to the next step? Um, you know, I don't look at Luke's cancer journey as another year and a half of treatments. I look at it as great. We're going into maintenance. Uh Here's what maintenance means. You know, I'm onboarding a new client in August. Here's what they need here. You know, that step-by-step constantly regrounds me. Um, and there's a lot of people that don't want you to be grounded. They want you to look at the chaos and, and look at the, 
the mess and look at that. And maybe from far away, it does look like a mess and it does look like chaos. And, and I'm sure my life looks like chaos from afar and from Instagram. And, you know, it's, it is, it's that one step instead of looking at the staircase, because it allows me to just take everything. And of course we trip and we fall and, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's some things that we don't, we don't make, but, you know, having a good support group and a good network and a good, um, you know, good business partners and collaborators, um, that, that really grounds me because a lot of times, you know, I'll come to a writer's block for a marketer and that's maybe a strategy or I've hit a wall or something. And I'll text a friend and I'll just say, Hey, here's where I am. Like, I can't get past it. Can you help me? And as soon as they help, I say, great, send me over anything you have. Cause I'm happy to reciprocate on that. Wonderful. And how, when you do sort of hit that wall, and by the way, when I look at your Instagram feed, all I'm thinking is, wow, she's doing so much. <laughs> she's going to all these interesting food, you know, you're a foodie and you're, you're talking about, and I'm certain there are some of your clients yep. um, you're, you're working with um, and displaying their beautiful food. And th that's what inspired me to go to certain restaurants. Is, <laughs> so I feel like your messaging is very down to earth and it's yes. you. I mean, you're talking about your family life. You're talking about your work life. You know, you had an honor recently where, you know, you, you had a book come out and, mm -hmm. and you were featured in there um, and you were able to talk about that um, and about the impact that you were making in the community and, and the business world. You know, I feel like your life just, it looks, it, it's incredible. And obviously you have the challenges, but you're, the, the fact that you're being so transparent about it, I think is what is so yeah incredible to be able to yeah, I'm not necessarily going to take a selfie of me crying in the corner but it does happen uh, yeah. but you know I think I think it's important with everything that we do you know there there is transparency and that's why I brought a lot of my family into my Instagram and mm -hmm. and kind of went away from just showing achievements because I want again I want to show the hope and the joy because you know these diagnoses happen every day and there are a lot of people that you know, I want them to see that it can be done. It's not easy. You know, there's, you know, my stories are a lot more vulnerable than my feeds where I show the hard days and the long days. And, you know, but I like to show us at the end of the day, like, Hey, we're getting through this. We're doing this, you know, obviously I could be more busy with my work, but I've taken it in strides and mm -hmm. I've planned everything out to where I'm at every appointment with Luke and we're at every treatment. And I am the primary, you know, caretaker for those opportunities. And, you know, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of balance. It's a lot of give and take. Um, it's a lot of partnership, you know, without what I'm able to do is not even possible without Brent. Mm -hmm. You know, he may not be on my Instagram and I may not be like showcasing all the things he's doing, but you know, someone has to hold the fort down. Someone has to get things done. Someone has to, you know, be the, the caretaker of the house. He does more for our house than, you know, people always talk about like the woman's role. I'm like, mm -hmm. You know, we're kind of, you know, Brent does a lot of the things that the women do. And, you know, but that's because he knows what I do during the day. And at the end of the day, he takes on those responsibilities. So there is a synergy um, mm -hmm. you know, throughout our relationship and throughout our home. It's a true partnership. Yep. For sure. How do you practice self-care? Ooh, good question. I am probably the worst at self-care. Um, <laughs> you know, I, in the beginning, I did a lot of meditation, um, you know, I did it at night 
Um, I really can't do much in the morning because once Luke's up, we're, we're go, we're go yep. time. So um, I started doing a routine at night. Um, I don't do it on the weekends. Weekends are for, you know, Brett and I to do things, but, you know, I do an early start to the night. I read a book. I have my tea. I listen to music. I bought dimmable lights during the pandemic that change colors. And, and I set the mood to not be in my body at that time and to truly immerse myself in whatever it is, whether it's a story, if it's learning, if it's marketing, if it's self-help, um, if it's mental health, um, that's my time. Um, and that's really, that really has become my ritual because, you know, yes, there's pedicures and there's hair appointments and there's facials, but my mind is going a thousand miles an hour during that time. So at nighttime, I have found that sweet spot at nine o'clock at night where I'm in bed, I'm in my comfy PJs, Brent knows the routine, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, it relaxes me, I drift off and the next morning we're go, we're right up. It's like, it's like a horse race with us in the morning. Loops up, mom's out, you know, right. up, dad's out, you know, we're, cause he wakes up and he's like, play trains. It's not like morning, like yawn. <laughs> He's let's go. Uh, I like that. That's very much my personality as well. Um, and, and that's been my routine for, you know, self-care. I know I could be better. Um, there's definitely an opportunity for me to take uh, better mental care, but you know, I have a therapist, um, you know, we talk. Um, I think it's important to have someone outside of your home to talk to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love books. I'm probably addicted to books. Um, it's probably one of my I just, you know, I can't get enough of them during the pandemic. I learned, or not during the pandemic, when Luke was really little, I couldn't read books. So I did audio books between car drives and, you know, we're, you know, constantly immersing ourselves in those different worlds. And and of course, singing, singing is, you know, that is an out-of-body experience for me. I'm sure your shower singing of opera is Oh God, no, I never electric. in the shower. That's, it's, <laughs> it's are way too wild in there. <laughs> um. So you mentioned a favorite charity at the beginning. You and I have raised money together with yeah. dating. We actually had one or two. Was it two? Uh, it two, yeah. Yeah. Uh, events we where we raised money for Opera Carolina with my my young professionals group at the time. Yep. And we even had an opera singer there. That was fun. At, at, that was amazing. Um, what other charities, um, I'll put it in the show notes, are you affiliated with that you would want our audience to donate Yeah, to? Um, obviously Claire's Army is my current big advocacy, um, St. Jude's, um, you know, because of what they do for the families. But um, I'm also a huge, um, I've been a part of Cystic Fibrosis for the Char- Charlotte chapter for many years from mm-hmm. being on their Brewers Ball Committee. I was a standout nominee. Um, and then the American Red Cross Association, we've done a ton um, with their organizations as well. Wonderful. Megan, it has been such a pleasure catching up with you. And I want to see you in person. I know. Very, very We're soon. going to make it happen. <laughs> we will make it happen. Your Instagram is at marketing underscore mezzo.com, M E Z Z O. And I'll put that in the show notes. Um, it's really a pleasure um, looking at that feed. So I definitely recommend it to people and to watch the stories. And best of luck. And I'll look forward to hearing about increased progress. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.